We're going to talk to Christian Cox coming up here momentarily. Um, you know, Gordon, didn't, I know. Didn't he, oh, didn't sorry, go ahead. Couple, didn't he have a cup of coffee with the, uh, with the New England Patriots? I think he did. I think he did. I think he played the clarinet for, uh, what was that joke all about? Uh, played the clarinet in the NFL for a while? Didn't he used to say that all the time when he was? Uh, he did. He did. Every guest I think they had on, he said, uh, just so you know, I, uh, you know. <laughs> Had a cup of coffee with the uh, the Patriots in the NFL. So he, he is such a nice guy. Oh, Christian is the best, and uh, I love his story too, and how he you know really built himself into a success there at uh, at Utah, and um, yeah, was was a big part of those uh, really dominant Utah teams toward the end of the Mountain West Conference, certainly that 08 run, and uh, spent a few years with us as an analyst here on the Zone Sports Network, and it's indeed. been a lot of fun to get to know Christian over the years. Great guy. Great family, and a lot of good insight on football. Plus, he's fun. He's got one of those relatable personalities, makes him fun to talk to. Yep, no doubt about it. You know, unlike the quirky guy that I talk to every single day. Austin? Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> you know that Austin, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, with that, let's get out of the Sprint special guest line. Sprint, they make it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Joining us now, the former Ute, he's the one and only Christian Cox with us here on The Big Show. Hello, Christian. What's up, you hooligans? So, uh, Christian, the big question on everybody's mind, do you think that a jazz fan poisoned Michael Jordan? Oh, I, no way, right? <laughs> I, I, that, I'd be hard-pressed to think some uh, bitter jazz fan from the previous year would go uh, poison Michael Jordan the Great. It's got to be just food poisoning, right? Even the even the country said he didn't believe it would be. It was uh, actual uh, a fan who did it. But um, interesting to find out the flu game was just food poisoning. If that's what it was. If that where, where do you guys fall? I know where Gordon falls, I'm sure, but go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to hear. He was in Vegas. Where else would he be? Well, you know. I have no idea. That's the beauty of this whole story. You can uh, pick which one you want to believe. Yeah. Uh, Christian, let's talk uh, a little bit about football. We saw the story that uh, Mark Harlan and the Utes are hoping to get some athletes, and I say some because we don't know exactly the scale of this whole thing, but some athletes back on campus uh, by June 1st. And given where the Utes are with uh, new faces coming into this team, you know, it seems like they could uh, take as much work as they can get, right? Yeah, you know, not having spring ball really hurts the quarterback development. Obviously, they're probably getting more. Um, I don't know if you guys caught Nick Saban's interview uh, last night with Scott Van Pelt, but he basically said where they've been forced to have to do more teaching, where you, you don't get a lot of teaching time with young kids at college because you do a 45-minute meeting and then you're on the field and you're getting all the reps. And so it'd be interesting to, to know where I, Morgan's the ultimate teacher, but where how the team's been able to, to, to keep – you know, doing Zoom meetings and teaching fundamentals, just more of the X's and O's of the playbook. Uh, and But these quarterbacks need it. They, I, I know this senior kid from South Carolina that came in, he needs every rep he can get. And, um, you know, however this shakes out, you know, it just feels like we went from full lockdown and then two weeks later we're fully open. And, um, you know, they'll, they'll do a good job up at the U. they got plenty of space and you can, you can run routes and, and, do it socially distance and have people wear gloves and sanitize and do those things. But uh, my better question is, are are they going to really play games? 
right? Are, yeah. are they are they going to train? And then will there realistically be college football in the fall? And I think that's what everyone's really wondering. And you know, obviously in the South and SEC, they're they're going to move forward because their their states are very loose and open. Uh, but we're, you know, California seems a bit more restricted and. Um, you know, there's been some rumors, you know, it's kind of 50-50 if they're even going to do games and they may modify the season. So we'll see. So along these same lines, Christian, does talent come more to the fore in a situation like this because of the limitation as far as coordination and teaching and coaching and whatnot? Does that make talent even more important than it typically is? Yeah, well, it's, it, the one thing about college football, especially in the scheme, you know, under Andy Ludwig, but also under Morgan Scout, you need time in the system. You, you see all of the, the players that have had time in it who are now drafted, like the Julian Blackmans who make the jump to safety who could because they understand the structure of the 4-3 scheme that, you know, Morgan runs. And you need the talent, you need the speed, but you also need the discipline for these people to know where they need to go in, in each formation. Uh, just speaking from a defensive perspective, you, it, Kyle refers to this, the 111th. You have to be able to read and react and make decisions quickly. You can't be processing, am I in the right place? Am I supposed to be blitzing? Am I dropping a third? Am I a quarters coverage? Am I, do I have the tight end or is that the safe? Like you, you, can't, you can't do that at all. You have to go and fulfill your 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 role with the team, and um, you know, it, it, it. We could spin it how we want. It hurts them that they're not practicing. There's no better way to to get better than actual reps. But uh, you compile that. You know, you can practice all you want, but it's really the game game scenarios and game scrimmage like situations. Those are what prepare these players the absolute most. Like, did you, you want, did you ever? I'm sorry. Did ahead. you ever? Did you ever know a player who had was extremely talented who couldn't process that stuff? Uh, well, I hope I'm not throwing people under the bus. I, I'd say uh, if you guys remember Nai Fotu, mm-hmm. back in the day, linebacker, uh, extremely explosive. Uh, we had to build packages that, to get him in situation because our defense is so complex. But he just had raw, raw talent. But I, I saw many players who had raw talent who just couldn't who couldn't be disciplined enough to run and have the trust of the coaches to see the field. I saw that side too, and I'm not going to throw more names out there. But you know, you can have all the talent in the world, but you still need to be able to 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 fulfill uh, the role. Um, and I saw very minimal players that could come in. And then just exploded on scene, and and one of those was Robert Johnson, like JUCO transfer, playing two ways basically, and came in in the summer, didn't do spring ball, and started. And you remember the UCLA game with all those picks, and had just you know a, a phenomenal year that year. So it's just it's it's notoriously difficult. Other positions are easier than some, but it's hard to come in and and really make an impact with just that quick. And if you and if they do. They are special, special players. Like I remember watching Zach Moss on that, you know, fourth quarter drive against BYU, a ten minute drive. And I think I even quoted it on on television. I said, This kid is gonna be a future NFL kid and uh, just by the way he ran. So there's there's some players that jump off the page more than others. 
Christian, uh, speaking of transfers, I've seen this uh, idea batted about more and more frequently now of giving uh, athletes in basketball and football one free transfer. What are your thoughts on that? I don't know where I don't know where I feel. Uh, there's part of me that I know there's situations that there's players that get into it and they think they were promised one thing: coaching just coaches leave or coaches get fired or just like coaches can leave and take jobs other places, right, without any repercussion, you know, they, they can do that. So the camp of, well, why can't the players have some mobility and it causes, you know, you know, better, I guess, I guess they're not employees, but they basically are, right, better employee treatment because they have the same ability to leave. I see that side of it. I also see the, the side of, you know, working through difficult challenges and working through, uh, you know, difficult, you know, position groups and changing positions is also a benefit. Uh, when I got to Utah, uh, I was a walk-on. I was playing linebacker, stud linebacker, but I played six different positions before I settled in on the D-end. Did I play D-end in the NFL? No, I played middle linebacker. So there was a skill set I, de- I developed over time of playing tight end, D-tackle, D-end, and learned how to pass rush that you know helped me over the long term. Uh, you see that with Julian Blackman being able to be versatile with his skill set. So I, I, I don't I, I don't have a hard stance on. It. I think I think one free transfer is I think I think kind of silly. I I think they should be penalized with a loss of a year still, or have a another I guess fallout where say if a coach leaves or a head coach transfers that they have the opportunity to leave because really these kids are coming. Why do these kids go to the school? They go to the school because of the coaches. They recruit them, right? Why did I go to Utah? Uh, Because of Aaron Roderick, Kalani Sataki, and Coach Anderson. I met Kyle after I served the mission, but I played for those guys at Southern Utah University. So why are people, you know, signing with uh, Utah or Utah State or BYU? It's typically the coaching staff. And I think what Kyle's done a phenomenal job over his tenure is for the most part, his organization has been pretty much the same and Morgan's been consistent. And obviously get Andy Ludwig back from an OC perspective. That's been the only position where they've kind of carouseled, but you can have some continuity there. So I, I, again, sorry, lame, lame answer, but it's, there needs to be a level and I'm a millennial guys. I'm a millennial. There needs to be a level of you stay committed and work through the challenges, and there's a lot of uh, value on the other end of that of those who will work through challenges. So with all that consistency within the program, then, is Utah's talent level to the point now where they can have a year like they had last year, lose all that talent to the NFL, and then be right in contention again this next season? Again, I I love the speculation. That's that's the job of, of you guys. I I know they are loaded with talent. I've heard that from multiple coaches. Uh, the one thing that comes back is I, I don't know the character and the the toughness of these kids yet. And you see that through time. We had the, we had the fortune of you had oh Zach Moss instead of going to the NFL, I'm going to come back and play again. Right? How many kids actually do that today? Everyone's like, I got to get mine. I got to get it when I can get it. I got to make money now, so I got to move on, right? I got to go early instead of waiting. And so um, I think the way the system is built now, um, you know, we're coming up on the 10th year anniversary. No, sorry, the ninth 
next year will be the 10th year. Uh, I'm coming up on 10 years of being removed from the game. Um, and the talent level since our years is just, they're incredible. These, these kids are freaks. They're, they're basically, it's like clockwork, prepping them to get them in the NFL. Um, the, the way the, the league is, the, the Pac-12 is so weird right now, like with even last season. Um, if they can get the right quarterback, yeah, I think they could. It's still going to be the same defense first, tough team. Um, it just depends on how well the offense can move. And last year you had Tyler Huntley who had a, had a great year and obviously you blew it against Oregon in the, in the Pac-12 championship and you, you didn't show up to the game against Texas, but Zach Moss was so stable all year. And when he was hurt, you know, he had some good feelings. So I think, I think they're, they'll just, it'll just be, just like what it is, the defense will reload, and uh, you hope the offense can continue to progress. Christian, uh, I can't remember last time when we talked to you if I, if I asked you about this, so I'm going to go for it. What do you think, uh, as, do as somebody who played with Tom Brady and for Bill Belichick, what do you think about their divorce, and who has a better <laughs> record next year, the Bucks or the Patriots? Oh, man. Hey, speculation. Hey, <laughs> hey, I'll, hey, I'll play this game all day. All right, this one I'll play because uh, I'm not in New England. I don't live in the area. Um, I love the divorce. I really do. You know, um, you know, Bill Belichick legitimately, I think I've told you guys this story. My first day, so I, 2011 was the year of the lockout, so we just started directly in summer. There wasn't mini camp. So my very first day, I watched Bill Belichick yell at Tom Brady and yell at uh, Rob Gronkowski, just like dress him up and down in front of everyone. And so I learned then, I was like, man, this guy's, this guy, I know he had a reputation, but he, he doesn't, there's no favorites at all. And so I'm sure over time, Tom Brady is just like, hey, you don't appreciate me enough. I, I, Robert Kraft is like his dad. Um, and so it's, it's time to move on. It's time to go try this on my own. And, uh, he's heavily underpaid and he took a lot of pay cuts to win games and win championships. Uh, you know, Michael Jordan, he obviously got paid and Scotty didn't. So one thing Tom Brady didn't do extremely well there. Uh, but I would say I 100%, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will have more wins. Uh, than the uh, the New England Patriots. I would even I would even go as far, and this may this quote may haunt me for life. And Lloyd or Austin will grab it. I put money on Vegas on this one because um, it, it, people don't realize they New England had a lot of holes that Tom Brady covered, and even losing some of their defensive pieces, even losing it is as hard as it is for me even come out of my mouth. Calvin Noy leaving is going to hurt them too. They'll, they'll replace people. And, and obviously Bill Belichick, Belichick's a brilliant mind and they're always good when the chips are down. And, um, but I just, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were one of the top ranked offenses if they didn't have Jameis Winston who threw 30 interceptions. And they have a very talented, you know, uh, you got Marquise Godwin, you got Mike Evans, you got Rob Gronkowski, you got the Howard kid from Alabama, that's a really good, you know, wep- you know, weaponry that he didn't really have in New England this past year. You know, Julian Edelman was hurt. Julian Edelman's five nine. You know, uh, good, good little, you know, over the middle kind of guy, but didn't have any deep threats. So offensively, uh, I think the Bucks will do pretty well. Christian, how would you feel if you were an active player right now, and given the circumstances with COVID nineteen and all that? Would you feel comfortable 
uh, playing under these circumstances and let's say you could live at home and do it. Would you worry about, uh, you know, spreading it to your family or how would you feel? Would you think about it when you were on the field or would you be able to block it all out and just business as usual? No, you're one of the best. You ask the toughest questions. Oh, Gordon. Uh, Personally, you know, we just had an infant, so my perspective has changed a little bit. You know, obviously in the news and media, they have this this virus is for older people, but you know, we had a we had to take our son briefly to primary children's before COVID hit because he had RSV and pneumonia, so we were forced to do quarantine before quarantine really hit. And so, my perspective, it, I my mindset was always you know pretty lackadaisical and loose, but having a baby and having a wife and having kids like. You don't want to take any risks, right? Uh, and it also, to the question, it also determines where I am at in my career. If I'm at the end of my career and I've already made money, sure. Uh, if I'm trying to make a team, you you, you got to weigh the risks, and um, you know, depending on where things are in the fall, and uh, you know, I, if I was in dire circumstances, I would try to find a way to the field, right? Uh, but if it's going to put my family in, at jeopardy and at risk, and depending on where the numbers were and potential death rates and hotspots, all that data or whatever, uh, would kind of tie into that. But for me, it's we've uh, I'm you know it's kind of funny. It's you know people it's a really political thing now. It's like if you're wearing a mask, is that politicized? Are you are you not you know like it's are you wearing a mask? Is that a bad thing or a good thing? Uh, I wear a mask and gloves and try to take care of what I can. And we have low numbers here in the state. Um, a lot of my clients are in Manhattan and in New Jersey and in Philadelphia. And so I know how impacted they are. So it's just the weirdest, the weirdest disease. And I'm sure you have a better perspective on this, Gordon. It's just never seen anything like it, just shutting down the economy, shutting everything down and now it feels like a confusing reopening on what's what's the right normal and how should we all behave and, and perform. And you hope, we all hope, you know, that things are getting better. People, you know, on the front line are getting, you know, the support that they need, but that we can, you know, proceed, you know, cautiously and in the right manner for sports because, right, this has impacted everyone, right? You know, what are the things you guys are going to talk about every day? It's tough. And uh, it just goes to show uh, there's some sports that aren't as important, but there are some others that you really miss and you wish that we were playing. Christian, it is always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for coming on, man. Hey, anytime. Gordon, it's good to hear your voice. See you, Jake. Yeah, good to, See you, Christian. Okay. Appreciate it. Uh, former Ute Christian Cox, of course, former Patriot as well. Uh, I think he enjoyed answering that uh, Patriots question, Gordon. He thinks the Bucks for sure. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. What would you say at this point? Um, I I think the Patriots... <laughs> my inclination is that the Patriots are going to suffer. Uh, yeah, I would bet on the Bucks at this point to have a better record. The Bucks or the Patriots? Uh, I I think I'd go with the Bucks at this point. But I I again, that's my initial inclination, but. I mean, it's just that dynasty, or if that's what you want to call it, that string of success that they've had there is. I know it always comes, it, it, it in a large measure comes down to the players, uh, and they still have some good ones there. It's just that some holes have appeared.